January of the 22nd month of year 2000. So I have a couple of updates to share with you today. The first being the, the more frustrating one, um, which is the fact that I am officially symptomatic. So that means that I right now have a fever. Uh, I have chills. I have... I am very fatigued. Uh, I had I had a bit of phlegm earlier in the morning, um, which I know is not a symptom of COVID. I also had blood in my um, also not a symptom of COVID, but I do have some symptoms, including fever, uh, chills, and fatigue. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm gonna have to get tested, and I'm gonna have to isolate. Exciting. <laughs> So what's happening with that is um, I had a couple of pretty busy and exciting days in a row, Friday and Saturday. Uh, and I was so tired on Saturday. Well, I was really tired on Friday, but by, this, by Saturday, I was just pooped completely and utterly pooped. Um, and then I fell asleep pretty early, um, as early as I could. I might body just all my limbs felt like they weighed a hundred tons and I thought it was because of all the work that I had done not about anything else um and then Sunday morning I woke up I had blood in my stool which is not a symptom of COVID but it is a very strange symptom um so I booked a online um doctor so uh especially in the age of COVID uh there's these wonderful telehealth that I can just book online, I can talk to a doctor, and it is mostly covered by my uh, health insurance. So it's like a, a walk-in clinic kind of appointment where it's, you know, I, I write down my symptoms and what I need to talk to a doctor about in advance, and then I can get on a phone call or a video conference call uh, with a doctor for, a, for five minutes each. So that's, I booked that right away for Monday morning because, you know, blood in the stool is a, Definitely a symptom of something. Um, and I actually realized that this was uh, two days in a row. The day, it's sun Saturday morning, I also noticed it, but I was wondering if this is my period or something like that. But, um, to, and I was also in a rush on Saturday, so, um, so I didn't have much time to think about it. Um, and then the day after I realized, right, okay, so that is a problem. Um, and I have then since, uh, uh, so I actually did went and go out during the morning Sunday because, you know, I didn't have COVID symptoms. I had some symptoms, but I wasn't COVID symptoms. So I had a bit of phlegm in the morning as well. Again, also not a COVID. So, um, I just put on a mask, you know, I wasn't going to do anything intense. I was going to go to a present for uh, a church friend and I wasn't even going to meet them or attend church or anything. I was just going to drop it off at the building so that she can pick it up. And so my church friend is part of kind of like the service. Uh, so there's, there's still weekly church service, but it's all held online. So how this happens is um, the members that are required to actually put on the service, so in this case, the worship team, anybody who's part of the media and kind of a video recording for the online service and pastors who are giving sermons, uh, people who are doing kind of the um, 
prayer for they're praying for the entire um, congregation, not just praying by themselves. Um, all these people who are involved in the church service, so that the online service can happen. So they are. Um, so she is one of the worship team members, and so she does regularly go. So she was there, and so I just handed off to her. I didn't stay. I think I entered the total of handed over. And then I was gonna leave. I was going to go to my one of my favorite sushi places um, and you know get food. Uh, as I was getting takeout uh, to go, I bought a printer, which was my errand that I, the other errand I needed to run, and all these kinds of errands. Um, and I realized that I mean a printer and walking around. I guess the printer is sort of heavy, but it really wasn't enough exercise for me to be sweating. But I was. I was sweating. Quite a lot um, underneath my clothes, and I was really not feeling that well, and I felt especially tired. I, I, I mean, I, I know that I would be tired because um, I had had pretty in, an, a pretty intense week leading up to it. It seemed a bit out of character. So I realized that there must be be an issue. So I, you know, picked up the printer, picked up the takeout, and left immediately. Um, and came back home as soon as I could. And as soon as I came back home, I just kind of collapsed. I barely put my takeout um, into the fridge, just collapsed on the bed. Um, my brain was foggy, probably because of the fever, and I kind of, well, I didn't actually collapse. Um, right, I was so tired and so fatigued that I just fell asleep. And I woke up and now definitely have a fever, definitely have chills. And this is not normal fatigue because now I have quite a few hours and I can just tell that it's not normal fatigue. So, which means um, it's quite late now. I don't know if the clinics around would be um, open to test uh, because I think the latest um, that I took back when I was in Yale Town was at 8 p.m. It's 7.30. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. So I am going to go tomorrow morning um, for a test. <sighs> uh, yeah, well, I also have the benefit of already having booked a telehealth visit. Um, so I might actually talk to the doctor first. And then the doctor recommends is what I'm going to go and get tested for. Yeah, so that's the pretty frustrating news. Um, <laughs> that's a pretty frustrating update. The second update, which might be ironic, is the fact that on Saturday I was certified in occupational first aid level one. So yay, I am now officially a first aider. Uh, that's what I was so busy with the entire day. There was, you know, I think I, I arrived at 9 a.m. Um, and there was, I was in class until 5.30, so I was pretty poop. Um, that's a lot of hours to be learning. That's more hours than, you know, when you go to school, because um, school ended at three. <laughs> that's a, that was a lot of hours to be learning um, new content, pretty unenjoyable <laughs> content of all the ways that people can die or all the ways people can be harmed and how to respond in emergent situations. So it was very useful, but pretty stressful content. Um, there was a fair bit of physical exertion uh, because doing CPR is kind of like doing reps at the gym if you've ever done CPR. Uh, chest compressions are not easy stuff. Uh, yeah and so it was really really frustrating and very not frustrating it was quite uh, but I am now officially certified and so I am Red, Red Cross uh, I'm certified by Red Cross Canada's program. Uh, the reason I've done this is because 
is one of the certifications that's for my new job i found the job before here i am <laughs> uh sharing with it I, I i hope i have shared about it anyway uh, but i applied for a port worker position in a supportive housing uh, run by a local charity that started as really a grassroots organization be a very successful and quite a large organization a large charity so it's a charity dedicated to um yeah it's a charity dedicated to ending violence against women and so they there's many ways that they do that um but the biggest bulk of what they do is supportive housing for people uh, for women who have experienced violence and of course they're trying to recover trying to rebuild their life uh, trying to regain control of their life and um, they have various different kinds of housing projects for based on kind of neat um, demographic uh, how long these people you know need to stay kind of there's targeted interventions basically that are transitional houses so people who are kind of stages um that are only there for you know 18 24 months versus uh indefinite housing where people are there long term often if this is their home um and yeah and, and they, they have other many other programs some of them therapeutic in nature some of them kind of uh, relationship-based in nature some of them helping with other aspects of their life uh, and rebuilding their life like employment uh, legal legal advisory uh, things like that so yeah I've started a new job uh, I wanted this job for multiple reasons specifically with this organization with this. Um, and the past week since I've gone on the camping trip entirely filled with work actually an on-call slash relief uh, which means that it, I'm really you know only employed part-time uh, which is good because that it allows me gives me time to work on other things uh, so I have like a reliable secondary source of income as a, in, a, in a job that I find really meaningful, that I can learn a lot from, I can be of help to the community, um, and it's, it's something that um, really teaches me about an element or a side of social impact that I don't know much about, and so I get to learn about it through this, and so I'm really very happy. And it, yeah, like I said, it provides a bit of side income um, while I'm working on building my own nonprofit organization. Uh, so recapping the past week since the last time I was the camping trip. Um, so I went on an overnight camping trip from Saturday to Sunday, which was magical. I planning more camping trips and I can't wait uh, to go on more camping trips. But since then, Monday and Tuesday were both orientations. So Monday was so the previous thursday i had done like an office orientation which was just signing a lot of documents to be honest and like the administrative paperwork required with a new job especially a new job in a relatively high risk environment uh where you will be exposed to lots of different things uh so there's a lot of risks and there's so there's a lot of like health insurance and occupational hazard and um, there were some benefits pa paperwork there's all this paperwork i needed that actually just doing all that takes like <laughs> um, so I did that, which didn't really teach me anything about the So this week, uh, Monday and Tuesday, Monday I went inside and actually read through just for hours. I just sat there and reading manuals upon manuals of all these different scenarios that could happen. And then I also got to talk to my supervisor uh, who I, or, or my, um, yeah, my shift supervisor who walked me through and answered questions that I had about different things. Uh, and then I got a building tour where it's not just like, okay, this is a building, this is a building. But, you know, 
in the manual we said we needed to do these tasks in this location um and yeah yeah this these tasks in this location um and and we said that you needed these tools these tools are in this corner so this is where you get that tool to do the thing that we said that you needed to do and so it was that kind of building tour uh which took uh, you know, a good time. That was a full, I think that was like a six hour shift. Um, and then the following day, the Tuesday, I did a eight hour shift um, where I was shadowing somebody. Uh, so it was already fully seen, and I was just there to and like watch everything. And it was a bit of a exciting kind of shock, Not a scary kind of shock, but an exciting kind of shock. Really suddenly exposed to, wow, this is what the job is actually about. <laughs> um, and it's a pretty, you know, busy and intense kind of place with more than a hundred uh, units, which means uh, most of them are single student studios, so more than a hundred women. And there are a few families there, so there's mothers and children living there as well. Um, so that's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, simply put, that's a lot. Um, and it was just, just lots of things happened uh, within the first uh, three hours of my shift. I obviously have a confidentiality agreement because I don't want to share details, personal details of any of the women and potentially put them in danger. Uh, so I'll be very vague about the things <laughs> um, in this podcast. But in general, there was a bit of a medical emergency in the first three hours that I went there. Uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of people in the building, if not more than half who are active um, substance users of drugs, a lot of them illegal drugs and of various different kinds. There's current workers, there's a lot of people with physical and mental illnesses, there's a lot of people who are above the age of 55, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and people with obviously a lot of trauma and a lot of traumatic life experiences, otherwise they wouldn't be here. <laughs> Um, and so that's why they need to come through housing. A lot of people are currently low income or come from a background of poverty. So here they are. Uh, so we had a unresponsive woman in the first three hours of, of the shadow shift, you know, and then another woman who was crying in pain. She was, yeah, she was crying and in pain. I needed to comfort her. I needed to be there for her. And I was the first one who walked in. Um, and so the general policy is if you see it, you report it, you deal with it, you wrap it up. Nobody wants to feel like they've been passed along unless, you know, it's the end of the shift and then you are. Um, but in general, if you you discovered whatever the situation or the challenging, yeah, the conflict or the challenging situation or somebody like deep in pain um, and crying, I'm the first, I, I gotta be the one to take care of it and make sure that it's seen. Uh, otherwise it doesn't, like, you know, if I'm, I don't do it, who's gonna do it? <laughs> and also in general, like, you, you, know, you don't just pass it along to somebody. Um, you make sure that this gets all these women's needs, whatever she needs is fully taken care of. You see it through until the end. Um, unless you are going off your shift and then you kind of pass it along. And then you should also, Make sure that you say that to the woman so that they understand that this has happened. Um, yeah, so that was an intense shift. Tuesday was, um, and that was eight and a half hours, including a half hour break. Um, I'm paid after uh, meal break. And these are 24-7 facilities, uh, so 365 days a year, um, 24 hours. So they're, it's, so the shifts end 
you know, depending on the time, they're not, none of them are really in favorable times. So some shifts start at 7.30 and end at 3.30 and end at, end at midnight. And then there's the overnight shift, which starts at 11.30 and goes until, so eight and a half hours. Um, you know, it's either you have to get up really early in the morning to go to the shift or you have to stay really late until midnight or it's an overnight shift, which of course is challenging. And so all of these shifts are, I would say, challenging. Maybe the morning shift is the least challenging um, in terms of the hours. But in reality, the work of uh, morning shifts are probably the busiest because that's when most of the activities are happening. And so, yeah, <laughs> uh, so Tuesday was very stressed, both stressful and I was so exhausted. Um, Wednesday and Thursday, I went through, um, I rested a lot. I did a bit of work um, for the nonprofit. Um, so I did computer-based, space-based work. Um, and I don't think I did anything. Um, and uh, on Friday morning, I went to Potter's Place, the other mission and charity and soup kitchen that I volunteer at twice a week. I actually went on Thursday too, but they actually had a lot of volunteers that day for some reason. Um, so we, yeah, so I just said, you know, I can come back next time <laughs> when you actually need people because too many people, too many cooks in the kitchen actually sometimes can be the opposite of productive. It's so I, I left because I could tell that these people had come a far way and for a lot of them, this was the first time they were volunteering. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, instead of t turning away these people, it's better way for, better for me to go. <laughs> um, so I said, okay, the kitchen's really busy and it's a bit crowded here too. So for COVID concerns as well, I think I'm going to go. Um, so on Friday, I went again uh, when the volunteers were empty. And so I cleaned, um, served food and... Uh, and I had kind of come home at like 1.30 and at like 2, 2.30, I got a or I got a text by 3.30, I was out again. From 3.30 to midnight, I did my first real shift ever, so not my shadow shift, which means that now it wasn't already fully staffed and I wasn't an additional person there, but I was one of the people who needed that. Uh, and that was incredibly tiring, again, loads that I'm learning but incredibly tiring and then we get to Saturday and the full day <laughs> and then we get to Sunday I thought that I was exhausted uh so this is the reason why I couldn't tell um whether I had like you know fatigue was symptomatic or I was just tired out of my brains um because I had many reasons to be tired out of my brains <laughs> so I couldn't tell um and so I now know that this is not a normal level of fatigue. I can definitely carry a printer for like three blocks. And, you know, I'm not even running with a printer. I'm just walking with a printer uh, for three blocks without working up a sweat. Not normal. Um, so I know that this fatigue, excessive sleeping is a symptom. I'll get myself checked out. Um, yeah. Of course, this is not my first time self-isolating. So well, at least there's that going for me news <laughs> i know exactly what to do um so i guess there's there are my three updates so i am certified i have to now get i have symptoms um that i'm quite and i have symptoms that require me to go and get tested for covid and a little bit of an update about my new job i'm sure i'll get to i'll make sure to do other episodes where i'm describing kind of duties and what i'm learning and more things about my new job um later 
Uh, but that's my update. <laughs> Thanks, and hopefully um, health, I'll be healthy pretty soon to the point that I can come back to you with an audio diary that's a bit more positive. And I really hope that I am negative with COVID for the sake of myself and everyone I met in the past 10 days. And of course, um, because I wanted to go on a camping trip on Tuesday. So <laughs> hopefully I get better soon. Talk to you later.